Do you believe in luck? Are you lucky or unlucky? Listen in while Sharon shares with you lucky symbols and ideas from around the world, and then you can decide where your ideas fit into your ability to be lucky. Let's get started. And welcome back to Medium Well with Psychic Sharon Rose. Hi, everybody. I'm really glad you're here. I want to talk to you a little bit about luck, lucky. And I want you to stick around because I'm going to draw a card at the end of this session. And it might be your lucky card. And the reason I want to talk about luck is how many of you believe in luck? Do you believe in luck? Do you believe in good luck, bad luck? Do you believe some people are luckier than other people? Do you believe you're luckier than other people? Do people call you luck, lucky? Or are you just one of those people that never has any luck? <laughs> the reason I'm asking you this question is because there's a whole way big broad spectrum of belief out there in the world as to what is luck? What does luck look like? What is luck? How is it represented? And can we create our own luck? And if we do that, is it still called luck? So for example, numbers, there's lucky numbers for some people and unlucky numbers for others. And I remember when I was growing up, I remember hearing lucky, unlucky number 13 and black cats. Of course, that was always around Halloween, right? You always heard that black cats were unlucky, but unlucky number 13 was something I grew up with. And the only person I ever met that was contrary to that whole idea who thought number 13 was the luckiest number on the planet was my father. <laughs> so consequently, because I adored my father, I also believed and have always believed lucky number 13 is lucky, that 13 is a good number. But for a lot of people, they think lucky number 13 is an unlucky number. And black cats, I love black cats. I think they're amazing. But there's that old superstition. Like how far, how far does superstition overlap with luck too? Like how much does superstition play into whether we believe we're lucky or unlucky or whether we believe we're going to have good luck or bad luck? Because um, that, that's telling right there, isn't it? So I have some questions for you. And there, every culture around the world has different ideas of what luck looks like. And I have a different idea probably from you as to what I see luck as being. And so one of the questions that, that I have for you is about numbers. A lot of people are really attached to numbers these days. Like, for example, I got an email this morning from a client who was looking for an appointment. And when I looked at the time, and I think she sent it yesterday, actually, when I wasn't working and I, I got all the emails this morning. And when I, I looked at the time or the day she sent it, it was 11-11. <laughs> and for me, being in the work that I'm in, I instantly knew that this was a client that I was probably going to end up with an appointment with, and she was definitely going to be coming in and I would be getting the chance to meet her because 11-11 represents that to me in that particular scenario. Um, being an intuitive also puts you in a different bit of a different spot when you are connected to numbers, the lucky numbers, unlucky numbers, what is a good number, what is not. In Asia or the Asian communities, um, Chinese and Japanese cultures particularly, there's two numbers that are considered um, good luck. And one of them is a number that I always refer to as the money number, and that's number eight. And of course, number seven has followed itself around the world to our culture, where number seven is considered lucky. On any kind of gambling scenario, number seven is considered lucky. 
Number eight is considered money luck. Insects, bugs, any kind of insect. Some people think that some are good luck. Some think that they're bad luck. Some look at bugs and see only bugs. <laughs> Again, when you're working inside the holistic community and you're working with intuition, a lot of times bugs do have meaning. There's some symbolism. One of the insects that actually has a reputation for being lucky in my world and is considered good fortune is the ladybug. But some believe that if you see a ladybug, you'll be protected from evil. So that could be good fortune, protected from evil. Others believe if you have one as a pet, you'll get wealthy sooner. So there's the good fortune aspect. If one lands on you when you're sick, it'll take your illness away. Is that all luck or, or is that the luck of the ladybug or is that superstition? And look at, you see how they, everything kind of crosses over there. Which ancient culture considered dolphins to be lucky? And to be very honest with you, dolphins have a huge reputation and are sacred even in a lot of different ancient cultures, which is the Egyptian culture, the Romans and the Greeks all have a connection to the dolphin and believe that they're all, they're all fortunate. Christians and Native Americans have seen dolphins as protection. So ancient cultures like Roman, Greece, and Egypt, and also thought of this animal as good luck, the dolphin. And the belief was said to come from sailors that spent time away from land and took dolphins swimming as a sign that land was near, which makes sense, right? It's kind of like the seagull. If they see a seagull, they know that they're close to land after being at sea for much time away. Back to the numbers, I there was part that I missed here. Chinese people are very much value the number eight. Its pronunciation is similar in Chinese for wealth as Chinese words for wealth and prosperity. As a matter of fact, the 2008 Beijing Olympics started on August the 8th, 2008. Now look at that, 080808 at 8.08 p.m. Is that because they wanted the games to be lucky? because they see that as a lucky number and also eight is the money number. But isn't that something? Did you realize that they had started the games at that time and on that those days? And in Japanese mythology, the seven lucky gods are the gods of good fortune. So seven and eight, that's where they come from in the Asian culture. Let me see, what's another one here? In which religion does rubbing a certain person's belly possibly result in good luck? <laughs> the only the only way that I could answer that is, I mean, if you notice it, you'll notice that the the Buddhist culture has their Buddha, fat Buddha. And if you rub the fat Buddha's belly, then it's supposed to be good luck. Now, that's the, the laughing Buddha. It's called not the fat Buddha. It's the laughing Buddha. Um, and it's very common to hear that rubbing the Buddha's belly is a charm in a charm or a statue results in good luck. The Buddha's real name was Siddhartha Gatma, and uh, he was a prince, and he was actually enlightened by the age of 35, reputedly, and he was then became the Buddha or the wise master. Um, there's other, other things that are more, uh, more familiar, we're more familiar with in our own culture, which is things that symbolize good luck to us. So what would we consider to be good luck in our culture? Well, we have things like the horseshoe, and we have things like well, coins. We use coins in fountains, right? The horseshoe is believed to bring good luck, fertility, and fortune. According to some legends, a horseshoe pointing up will bring good luck and pointing down will have the opposite effect. Now there's something else that comes into play here is the elephant. If you have trinkets, elephant trinkets in your home, and if the trunk is pointing up, it's considered good fortune. And if it's pointing down, it's considered a sign of ill. 
So it's the same with the horseshoes. Now, another thing that we consider to be an object of good luck is the dream catcher in our culture, which comes from the native tradition, the Aboriginal tradition, is said to catch negative images from dreams so that you don't have to have nightmares. Coins. We throw coins into wishing wells and fountains all the time, and you could have good luck. Now, does the good luck come from the coin in the fountain or the horseshoe you've got hanging with its points up or the... Uh, the the elephants that trinkets that you've got in your home or the dream catcher you've got hanging above your bed or in your bedroom somewhere so that your sleep won't be disturbed or are the coins you throw into the fountain are the coins lucky coins is it you that puts the luck in the coin or is the coin carry its own luck just a question because i think that a lot of people believe in luck but they've learned to believe in certain things through their own traditions in their own culture. The Trevi Fountain, known as the Fontana de Trevi, was sculpted in 1762 in Italy. I mean, tourists flock to it. It said that if you throw a coin there, you'll return to Rome. All of those are considered lucky to throw coins into and you make a wish and your wish will be guaranteed to come true if you throw it into the fountain. Which culture believes that wearing sapphires in favor of the gods? You can see that luck there's different things that people do around the world to incorporate luck into their lives and create lifestyle. The sapphire is blue, of course, and this blue stone was said to possess magical and supernatural powers. The gem also has a meaning in some parts of India as it represents health and wealth. So not just Greece, but in Greece, it is the culture that believed wearing a sapphire invited the favor of the gods, but it also has meaning in India as it represents health and wealth. And that brings me back to things like um, precious gems and working with different gemstones. Some believe certain gemstones are lucky and some believe certain gemstones are unlucky and that you can cast spells or you can cast calm upon the waters with different gemstones. The Native American leader, uh, Tecumseh's name translate to uh, the shooting star. And Tecumseh, which means shooting star in Shawnee, lived from 1768 to Mar October of 18, March 1768 to October 1813. And he was an important leader to the Native Americans. He opposed the United States in the War of 1812. And there's a big one that is actually, I think, is international and around the world. And that's the three-leaf clover better known as a shamrock in Ireland. Four-leaf clover are both popularly associated with good luck. There's holidays connected to shamrocks called St. Patrick's Day. It's an Irish celebration celebrated on March 17th. Now, the Irish are a very colorful culture, and they have other good luck representations, including the rainbow and the pot of gold, and of course, the leprechaun, who is guarding the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. Pan-Celtic Festival is also Irish and has been celebrated since 1971. It's amazing how many different aspects of luck are symbolic. Now, my question to you is, again, is the item, does it bring luck on its own or do we create the luck in it? If you follow anything to do with the law of attraction, you know that as we think, so we are. We create our own reality. And what that means is, when we believe in something, if I believe that by hanging dream catcher above my bed, I will have sweet dreams, I will then I will have sweet dreams. There's a very good chance of it because who creates my own reality? I create my own reality. So my thinking process is the forerunner to anything that comes to be in my reality here as a human. If I throw a coin in the Trevi Fountain and I make a wish, 
And I believe sincerely with all of my heart that wish will come true. Then there's a very good chance that wish will come true. But was that because I threw the coin in the fountain or was it because the connection in my heart and soul and my own energetic aspect believes so strongly in the coin in the fountain that I'm actually able to bring it to become the truth and make it my reality. What do you think? What is luck? I was speaking to my granddaughter earlier today, and she was talking about a, a fair they're having in Calgary. And she was at this, this fair, and they it's a small fair. All the, the vendors have their tents or little vending stations lined along the street. She entered a couple of different draws like everybody does when they go to those types of fairs. And she won twice. She won two things. And she was absolutely thrilled. And one of the first things she said to me was, I never win things like that. But she has really been working hard on developing a more positive lifestyle and being a more positive, happy person. And she's really doing it. She's brilliant. And she's absolutely glowing because she's happy. She's living her best life. And look what happens. And she just, she didn't have an expectation to win, but she was probably and saying, wouldn't that be fun when she put her name in? The same thing as when I was entering those draws in the home lotteries with the idea that, okay, it's time now. I'm going to start winning stuff. And I just knew I was going to win stuff. Did Was it because it was a home lottery was available and I donated some money to the process was was that why I won or is it because I believed that I could win with all of these symbols do they just reinforce our own thoughts that we grew up with and our own beliefs that we already had in the oracle cards in the animal oracle cards the ladybug is represented by fortune the ladybug is described as an animal of fortune good fortune numbers are huge and there are numbers that work well with our own natural birth numbers, which you can look up in numerology if you wanted to do a study of that. And some are in conflict of some of the numbers considered lucky, like say number eight uh, is considered lucky in the Asian culture, but maybe where you are in your place in the world and maybe in your life, maybe eight doesn't mean anything to you. Maybe it means nothing, but seven might be powerful. Maybe 11, 11 might be powerful or 22 or any repetitive numbers. And can just rubbing your own belly bring you good luck? Does it have to be Buddha? <laughs> and what if you had a dolphin and you went to the casino and you just set it on the casino? In fact, that brings to mind, I'm thinking casino because I haven't been in a bingo hall for a hundred years, I'm sure. But I used to go to bingo and you would see these people at the bingo halls with all these different items lined up above their bingo cards. And they were really, I mean, they were good bingo players. These are people that were playing like 20 and 30 different cards. Well, I'd struggle to keep up with two, but <laughs> it was hilarious. And then there was a point in time where the troll dolls became a big thing. And everybody seemed to have a troll, those little troll dolls with the real crazy hair. Because they believed that they would get lucky and they would it would bring them luck. Look at sports. When you go to final games in like hockey, all of a sudden they make it to the finals, these teams. They make it to the Stanley Cup finals and nobody shaves. Everybody leaves their beard, leaves their beard to grow until they're one way or the other, the champions or they've lost. But they don't believe that cutting their beard is lucky. They believe it's unlucky. And is that because the beard does make a difference? I don't know. Maybe. But is it the beard that brings the luck or do you bring the luck? How much fun can you have with luck? I mean, look at the Indianapolis Colts. They've got the horseshoe as their symbol. And if you really look at it, the horseshoe is always points up. 
It doesn't have the points down, right? So four-leaf clover, if you find a four-leaf clover, you're literally, I mean, people have searched through fields of, of clover just to find a four-leaf clover because they are rare. But a three-leaf clover, any clover is actually considered lucky. And of course, now, you know, as you know, there's, there's an Irish experience to go with that, that St. Patrick's Day, where we drink green beer and we wear leprechaun hats and and we look for that pot of gold at the end of the rainbow and that the leprechaun is actually guarding that, that gold. I think it's awesome. I think it's really fun. And I think that luck, the idea that a black cat crossing your path will bring you bad luck. I think that for some people, that's terrifying. In my business, I've had people from other cultures come in here and ask me how they could get rid of a spell that was cast upon them by somebody that they knew from their own country. And it really brought me up short when that happened because my culture doesn't believe in casting spells on one another or that, that a spell can take place. But I'm very sensitive to the fact if you believe something's going to go wrong or you believe that that person has power through their spell, you will make it your reality. Let me tell you a story. This is a story about, uh, this is an unlucky story. This is a story about a man who cleaned uh, railway cars. And when he cleaned the railway cars, he, he would go in and he would clean them when they were emptied, after they'd been emptied. And he would go in, he'd clean the cars out so they're ready to be loaded again for the next shipment before the train would leave the station. And he went in, he's working away and doing his thing. He's whistling and he's happy. Then he goes into the railway car and one particular one and he starts cleaning and the door slams shut behind him. He's not terribly worried about it until he realizes that he's in a freezer car. So he thinks, oh Lord, I hope I can get out. And he goes and tries the door and he can't get it open. So he yells and he screams and he hollers because he just, he's, he knows it's a freezer car. He's going to freeze to death if somebody doesn't open the door. And time passes and the next morning, the officials come and they open up the rail cars and they're getting ready to load them all. And they find this man who's cleans these, these rail cars frozen to death in the freezer car. But the thing is, the freezer car was never turned on. What do you say to that? Told you it was an unlucky story. The point I'm getting at here is how much of our stories that we tell ourselves every day, all day long, is something we have in our head, something that we believe in so strongly. He believed he was in a freezer car. He didn't check to see if it was turned on. He didn't even think about that. It was a freezer car. And in his mind, if he didn't get out of that car, he was going to die. And he did. And he died from freezing to death. So if you do have superstitions or if you do have luck, belief in luck and what you believe is luck or lucky, you maybe want to sit down and say, how much damage am I doing to myself? Am I avoiding walking under a ladder, for example, because I figure if I do that, I'm going to end up uh, having a terrible accident down the road because that's the way walking under a ladder is supposed to happen. If you really believe that, then you might want to sit down and try and identify where that idea came from. There's another one that I always share with my clients, and it's so hilarious. It's a cucumber. And I know some of you out there have cucumber stories to tell. I know you do because I've had reaction in my office. Some people will cut the end off a cucumber and rub it on the cucumber and then throw the end away. Now, if you do that, do you know why? Do you know why you do it? Do you do it to get the bitter taste of the cucumber? Do you do it to get away, get the toxins out of the cucumber? Do you do it because your dad or mom taught you to do it? And why did they do it? Did they do it because their dad or mom taught them to do it? 
This is called clan thinking. And a lot of our, th our thoughts about luck, superstition, come down through our family line and we learn them at the knee of our parents. And the cucumber, um, there's a lot of people that also don't cut the end off a cucumber and rub it on the cucumber and throw it away. And they haven't died from toxic cucumbers and they still eat cucumbers because they're not bitter. So how come some people think if they don't do that, the cucumber will be bitter or there will be toxins in it? Everybody's different. Every culture is different. What I'm suggesting here is that you might want to sit down and take a really good look at your own thoughts around luck and superstition. Um, if you believe 13 is unlucky and you're a gambler and you like going into the casinos, hey, maybe next time take a chance and go play an unlucky 13 machine and see if your mindset changes to, hey, this could be lucky. Because I always think of it as a lucky machine or a lucky number, but it's considered bad luck by many. Let's pick a card and see how lucky you are today. I'm just going to pick one because we are talking. We've talked a lot about the black cat. I'm going to just pick a card from the animal oracle deck. And the card I have picked is, dun, 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 dun. speaking of cats, the tiger. This is a message for you today for this week's podcast. You are being called upon to provide leadership. So trust that you're capable of doing so. You lucky soul, you. You are capable of doing so. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Medium Well with Psychic Sharon Rose. That was fun. I like that topic. Energetically, just how in charge are we really? Have a good one, everybody. Bye-bye for now. Thank you for listening to another episode of Medium Well with Psychic Sharon Rose. If you love listening to this podcast, we have one little favor to ask you. Please follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. If you love learning from Sharon, well, she's got a few great courses that are ongoing. Why don't you register for Kitchen Witchin? It's on now. All you have to do for more information is go to kitchenwitchin.ca or if you'd like to book an appointment with Sharon for a reading or if you'd like to know more about Sharon, her psychic services, coaching sessions and more workshops, go to SharonRose.com. That's Sharon with a Y. We'll talk to you next time.